So they had a new faith. Was it worth continuing with it? It's getting tough. So, um, anyway, why does Peter list these people? And it was brought to my attention. These are Roman provinces. Think back to the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. Who was there? There were people from all over the place. And these places are mentioned. And possibly these churches started because somebody was in Jerusalem that day and they heard the message. That just gave me a shiver down my spine. And he might just feel that he has a responsibility for people. They heard the story of Jesus from Peter. And they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in, in, the, in the Bible uh, account. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, they went back and they told other people. They didn't have a handy Bible track to give anybody. They didn't have anything. But what they'd heard, what had really touched them, and the Holy Spirit to guide them. And they went back and they started to speak to people. And I find that quite interesting, really. So maybe that's why Peter is talking to these wider churches. He's never been there. He, doesn't, he just knows they're there in existing. And this letter was written something like 20 to 30 years after the event of Pentecost. Now, 20 years sounds a long time, but doesn't time travel fast when you're doing new things and stuff? It really does speed up. As you get older, it speeds up even more. But I just thought that was really interesting. So he might feel some sort of responsibility for these groups. So when these people are suffering persecution, um, why is Peter specifically in this passage talking to the elders? Why do you think that is? Just muse on that for a little while. But, oh, in fact, I'm probably going to tell you now, actually. I'm just looking at my notes. <laughs> um, the thing is that if you talk to leaders, leaders have influence, don't they? The way leaders behave is de determines how their flock behaves, the people that they look after. They talk to, um, if they behave in a certain way, then the idea is that they're an example, a role model for the people that they look after. And that those people will then behave as they behave. So Peter is looking at people who are facing persecution, who are perhaps doubting what they believe, beginning to get in a bit of a pickle with all the local society and everything around them. Um, and the leader is there to model the right example. In challenging circumstances, they may even be responsible for convincing their flock that it's worth carrying on. It's worth carrying on in such difficult circumstances. And if these people lose their identity as Christians, they lose everything. Their identity isn't a physical badge that they wear. It's tied up with what they believe and how they behave. So it's important that they behave in the right way. Um, and the thing about faith wherever you are, whether you're sitting in here in Stonycroft or whether you're elsewhere, evidence of faith in Jesus isn't just limited to how you behave when you're with everybody inside a church building. It's, it's about how you behave when you're outside. And one of the reasons our society is quite anti-Christian sometimes is because there's a huge amount of hypocrisy in the church and people say that they believe this and then act in a completely different way. And that's not acceptable, is it, really? If we're Jesus' people, then we should uh, act in a way that reflects that. 
why do we respect people? Well, I was hoping for a few more answers, but so I've put together. This is uh, from a poll of people saying why they, why they, when they thought of somebody they respected, why did they respect them? I mean, the people here in this room said about wisdom and faithfulness and love and feeling supported and that they were generous to them. But I think these things that I've written down kind of encapsulate that because. Um, so they're kind to people. People that you respect are kind. They're not nasty and horrible and, and backbiting. And, and, and they respect people. We'll come on to this in a, a little bit later. They listen to people well. They give time to people. They make themselves useful. If you need a hand, they'll help you. Um, they don't make excuses. They might get things wrong. We all do. But they don't make excuses about it. They just own up to it and carry on and try and improve next time. They learn to control their anger, because being angry with people, and Jesus did get angry, yes, well that doesn't mean we can all lay into everybody else, um, he, he, he uses anger in very specific ways, and people who we respect, if they find that they're doing the thing wrong, then they're willing to change. And interestingly enough, we were talking to John and Val, and one of the things that John said is that... Um, a lot of people had a great deal of respect for the Queen. Now, I'm not a royalist, but I did respect her because I think she did a very good job. And the thing is, I didn't respect her because of the position that she held. And most people, when they were paying her their respects at her funeral, didn't say, I respected her because she was Queen. They said, I respected her because of the way she behaved for 70 years at the head of this country. She dedicated her life to the service of our country. She led us at all times with modest determination and selfless devotion. She was respected because of her behaviour and not her position. And that applies, I've got an issue with a senior at work at the moment who thinks she can march in and... Oh, says that there's no sound coming through that. Um, I've got an issue with somebody at work at the moment who thinks she can come in, tell everybody what to do, and that we will respect what she... You earn respect. You're not given respect. You earn respect, and you do it by the way you behave. So Peter, in this reading, particularly, he says, I exhort, I exhort the elders among you to tend the flock of God that is in your charge, exercising the oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you do it, not for sordid gain, but eagerly. Do not lord it over those in your charge, but be examples to the flock, and you must clothe yourself with humility. So, as I said to you, um, the elders in that church, as I say, some of whom may even have still been in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, can you imagine how you'd, you'd just have to tell somebody, wouldn't you, that you've been there? Um, so they have to pass on the true message of what they receive to act as, as leaders who are taking care of people in their care. Remember, these guys have not got a proper job in. They haven't been through a job interview and you've been given the leadership of the church. They've just stood there and said, this is what I've heard. And people have flocked to them. And then they've ended up with a, man a situation that they've got to manage. They haven't made a career move. They've just ended up in this situation. But they know that they... And the Holy Spirit would be prompting them. They know that they have to model a different way of living. Um, and if they're going to be respected, they have to be show that they're doing it willingly. Not because they have to. I used to have a boss that used to say, 
oh, we, we've got to do this because those up there have said that we have. Well, that's not leadership. That's just telling people what to do and not really signing up yourself, really. Um, and as I say, it's not about position. Peter specifically says it's not about gain. It's not about financial gain. It's done willingly for love. Jesus is sometimes angry in the gospel accounts. Who's he angry with? The Pharisees. Anybody else? Sadducees. Sadducees. <laughs> They're all. <laughs> exactly, there's a pattern here. Um, so Jesus got cross. And he gets cross with the religious leaders. And there's lots of passages. Uh, one in particular is Matthew 23. If you read Matthew 23, it is all shouting at the religious leaders. And he really lays into them. There's one bit here. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. I mean, he doesn't hold back, does he? He's not happy with the, with the religious leaders. Um, Jesus cared about the people that were suffering under the rotten leadership of the religious leaders. And this is partly what Peter is trying to stop happening in these various churches spread around Turkey. Jesus cared about the people. Bad leadership was causing pain and suffering among people who'd already got everything stacked against them. They were poor and they were struggling. And the religious leaders were saying they had to give even more to the temple, which was very wealthy already. Peter has seen Jesus' anger about the religious hierarchy who were leading people astray and destroying everything good while they lived in a place of privilege. And he wanted to make sure that the Christian church didn't do the same thing. These people, these leaders, were, leading, were giving people impossible, to standards, impossible standards to live by when people were just trying to scrape a living, basically. Bad church leadership can threaten people's lives. I don't know if you remember during the pandemic, it's not that long ago, um, there were some people, particularly in the United States, who decided that the church would keep on, on meeting despite the fact that the public health warnings and everything were saying to, do, to, to stay away. And some, some people might think, good on them, great witness for Christ, great. The thing is, once you understand the reason behind it, it's shocking. People died as a result of that. In fact, some of the pastors actually died as well. But people died. One of the things you have to remember or know about the church in the US, whereas we've been talking about a, a box to put offerings in, a lot of the offerings in this church go via the bank. In the United States, that doesn't happen. People generally, generally take their offering to church. They're put in the offering plate. No meeting, no money. And that was one of the things that drove people to say, we will carry on meeting. These are churches quite often that were doing quite nicely anyway. And that is shocking. 
bad leadership can threaten people's lives. And the same would apply in situations of persecution and situations like that. I have my own experience, not quite so bad as that. Um, but Jesus and Peter know that good leadership nurtures people in the right direction. I, a few years ago, actually it was 20 years ago, this year actually, um, I was doing a reader course, and for those of you who don't know how the Church of England works, because I was in the C of E then, um, you, you get a qualification, you do a two-year course so that you can preach and do all sorts of things in churches. Um, and I did a, a reader course, and part of that reader course was to do a secondment to a church which was different to the one that I attended. And the one I attended was St. James's in Clitheroe, which is quite a big church, I suppose. It's probably got about 150 people go on a, on a Sunday morning, so it's quite big. Um, and, it, you know, it's a good church to, to be nurtured in the, in the Christian faith. So I chose to go to, a, we're supposed to go to a church that's completely different to the one we're actually based in. So I chose to go, and the guy volunteered, a small rural parish where they got quite a few, a small number of people attend. It was an ancient church, a really old one, um, and it was markedly different. I got talking to the vicar, um, and I was supposed to be doing preaching there and various other things. I got talking to the vicar, and to my horror, I realised well, the vicar certainly wasn't modelling Christian values, and I think if he'd ever been a Christian, he'd certainly lost his way. I went to a church meeting. Uh, they have what's known as the PCC in the uh, Anglican Church, which is the parochial church council, and people are elected to go on there or whatever, um, and they meet once a month, once every three months, and they make decisions about the church. And we used to go, I used to go to the ones at the Clitheroe Church, and they were nice, and we used to pray through things and make decisions together and stuff. I went to this church meeting, and they were at each other's throats. It was terrifying. They were baying for each other's bloods. Um, I, was, I was really, truly shocked. And because I was relatively new to the faith at that time, I found it really difficult to write the report. If... I was in a, if it was in that situation again, I would blow that wide open because that ain't good for people. But interestingly enough, it's not good for the flock. The flock are getting nothing out of that, this awful leadership. And it was kind of highlighted by one thing, really. I wasn't allowed to do a talk in that church. They wouldn't let me. Women can't talk in this church. They didn't tell me that when I went over there, but anyway. Um, but they did allow me to do a Bible reading. So... I was all naive, didn't know. So I took my NIV Bible, my modern translation, took it with me, and I read from that. And you would not believe it, but at the end of that service, people flocked to me and said, where did you get that Bible? We understood it. They'd been struggling with the, the King James, which had its benefits, but, you know, it was also a bit tricky. Um, and they had no idea that there was anything else available because nobody had told them. The teaching was appalling in that church. And that's the importance of good leadership. So, you know, you might think sounds a bit rubbish, but, you know, he's a lot better than that. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but the thing is, um, what does all that... Huh? 
what we're saying. So we're talking to church leaders here. But the thing is, church leaders are the people that we're supposed to follow, the people that are supposed to be our example, our role models. So everything that Peter is saying should be true for leaders, should also be true for us. All of us have spheres of influence. All of us have people that can be affected by the way we behave. And it's been brought home particularly to me recently. I actually um, manage, <laughs> for my sins, I manage a team of 15 in, 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 in the NHS. Um, and every year I do what's known as appraisals. And it's a formal process. And you sit down with each individual and you talk about what's gone well and what's not gone so well and where they want to go next. And a couple of the questions in... The, the, the formal assessment is what do you love about the job you're doing now and what don't you like about the job you're doing now you know, what gives you a real buzz and it's great to hear what, what, what people are saying they really love about a job and I said and what don't you like and without exception bar one person who will be, become apparent who that was um, they all said our oh, team morale is awful and I've kind of got an idea about this, but when you're team leader, people don't behave the same when you're there as when you're not, to be quite frank, and I can't be there 100% of the time. Um, and I probe a little bit and I say, is that because of anything in particular? And they said, this one person, she's dragging everybody else down. She's really destroying morale. Um, she comes in and she's nasty about people, she makes comments about people, she's negative about everything. Now I know this member of staff very well, she's worked with me for quite a number of years and I also know that she's had a tough time of it. She's had cancer and she ended up having chemo plus radiotherapy plus surgeries and she went through the mill with that for two years. She ended up being sh shielding for Covid her daughter has recently left home and now she's going home to an empty house now. So she's got issues and I, as a leader, have to deal with that because I can't have the way she's behaving affecting the rest of the team. So I can't ignore it. I have to deal with it. But that's just to say that, you know, we're talking about leaders here, but we all have a sphere of influence. The people we talk to, whether it's your neighbours or anybody, the people we talk to all the time, the people we work with at Open Table, the people at the craft group, all those people we have influence, you know, talking to neighbours, anybody. So I think that it's good for us all to think in terms of how we can be the sorts of people that people respect and follow the teachings of Jesus, because all of those things that I mentioned before are things that Jesus would support would agree are the right way to behave. So, the first one that came up on this poll that was all about how people should behave to get a going respect, be kind to people. And I think I read some years ago, it said, if you have a choice between being right and being kind, always choose kind. There's sometimes that, that people can say very hurtful things to people who are already struggling. And although you might, you might be full of zeal for, for Jesus, sometimes there's a right place and a wrong place. And to, if you deliberately hurt people to try and get a message across, then that's not a good thing. Respect other people. Don't roll your eyes when people say things. 
I don't know whether any of us do that, but, you know, don't concentrate on your phone. Be looking at your phone when people are trying to talk to you. Don't talk over. One of the things quite often we do when we're talking to people is start talking over them. Not listen to what they're saying, but think, they said this, I need to respond. You need to listen. It's good to have patience. Coming on to listen well, really listen. Don't be thinking of what you're going to say next. And we all suffer from this because we all want, I mean, I try to surreptitiously sort of make a quick note to say, well, perhaps I need to respond to that, but let's continue to listen. Um, they said that people that they respect make themselves useful. They're always ready to lend a hand or an ear whenever they're needed or notice an opportunity to help. They don't, people they respect don't make excuses. Own your actions. Be honest about why you haven't done something. And one of the reasons we don't do things is because we overcommit or we overpromise. And you let people down if you do that. And we need to be realistic about the stuff that we make promises about, about the things we commit ourselves to. And as I get older, I get it, find it easier to say, no, I actually haven't got the time to do that anymore. When you're younger, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, yeah, bring it on, I can do everything. But you can't. You just can't. And you'll just end up leaving something else. Controlling anger is the key one. Um, even if you don't actually outwardly show your anger, to be angry inside all the time, for things to keep going. And this is what's happening with this person at work. She finds something upsets her at work. She goes home. She's got nobody to talk to. And it goes round and round and round. And when she arrives next morning, she's still blazing from what happened yesterday. Um, so you need to find a way of dissipating your anger by maybe talking to somebody else, uh, you know, holding a grudge doesn't um, doesn't necessarily hurt anybody, but it hurts you. It destroys you. And people who who are have res uh, are, are respected are willing to change if they know they're wrong. Being stubborn doesn't solve anything. You know, sometimes you can think, well, I'll stick to this because you know whatever. But you need to think sometimes. Well, actually, maybe there, maybe there is a better way of doing this. Realising that the only way you're going to grow as a person is by being willing to make, make changes. We need, so although this is aimed at leaders, it's because leaders, what, how leaders behave filters down to everyone else. And remember that you have your own sphere of influence. We need to go out there and show everybody that knowing Jesus makes a difference. We behave differently to everybody else. Yes, we'll get it wrong. Own up, apologise, move on. But show them what knowing Jesus actually means.